Hey everyone, welcome to Homer's Dope Nuts, a weekly Simpsons podcast where I, the Simpsons guy, and my co-host El Ray discuss and review every episode of The Simpsons ever made. We break down the episodes, discuss some of the references, and try to connect our younger listeners with the Simpsons family and how life has changed since the inception of the show over 30 years ago. We hope you enjoy it and provide feedback as we're always looking for ways to improve the show. Mushy mushy, everyone. This is The Simpsons Guy, and I'm welcoming you back for another episode of Homer's Dope Nuts. As always, I'm joined today by El Ray. How are you doing, El Ray? Doing good. Ahoy hoy, everybody. So, how is uh, your first nine weeks of school been? It was uh, interesting, to say the least. Disappointing in a lot of ways as well, but uh, I mean, it is what it is, and now we move on to the next one. Just got to adapt and overcome. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> that's, adapt the, that's, and the, that's the theme for this year, just adapt and overcome. Yep. All right, so today, guys, we will be talking about the... Sixth episode in the third season, and the title is Homer Defined. But before we get into the episode, uh, is there anything you'd like to share with us, Elray? Yes, I'd like to talk uh, again about our friends at uh, Music House. All right, we've been mentioning them on the podcast of late. Music House is a store by musicians for musicians, focused on the day-to-day needs of beginners to professionals alike. Music House helps you bring the music home. Whether you need supplies for band class, strings or sticks for a gig, acoustic treatment for your home studio, or even recording specialties, we are experienced and stocked to help you find a solution. Music House is located in Northwest Corpus Christi off Highway 77 for easy access for uh, South Texas musicians. Follow us at Music House CC on your favorite social media platform. Or visit us at musichousecc.com for more info. That's musichouse, M-U-S-I-K-H-A-U-S-C-C. And that's about it. All right. It's always good to go support a local business. Yes, it is. Especially, you know, the small small business that's starting out. Especially with everything that's going on right now with lockdowns and everything. Yes. We need to make sure that a lot of these local businesses survive this. Yes, help them stay afloat. Help them stay afloat. That is very, very important. And one more thing before we get started with the episode. We are recording this on Veterans Day, and I want to take this opportunity right now to thank the Simpsons guy sitting next to me for his service. So thanks a lot, buddy. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, now let's let's uh, get going here before we get talking army and stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> so, like I said, this is the uh, the official officially. It's the uh, fifth episode, remember? But yes. unofficially, because they scrubbed the first episode. Um, this is the uh, fourth one. If you have uh, Disney Plus, and th- this is how you're watching The Simpsons for the first time. This will be the fourth episode you see there. But in reality, it's the fifth episode. Yes, the infamous <clears throat> Michael Jackson episode. Yes, uh, which was cut from Simpsons lore. Uh, anyway, this episode was recorded October 17th of 1991. 29 years ago, guys. And this show is still going strong. 
still going strong, some would say. Very, yeah. You know, they still, they're still on major <clears throat> network. Yes, they are. All right, so we're going to start with the traditional chalkboard gag. Now, this one had a special element to it. Yes. It wasn't just a visual gag. It was also an audio gag. Yes, it was. Because as Bart was writing, I will not squeak chalk. They have enhanced the sound of the squeaking chalk. Yes, yes. kind of like fingernails across a chalkboard. Yeah. Would these kids know what that what I'm, we're talking I'm sure about? some of them do. But uh, yeah, back in the days when we had chalkboards... You know, the sound of just writing with chalk can, can get to you enough. But yeah, yeah but then you take your fingernails and you drag them slowly across. Oh, my God. I, mm -hmm. I, there's a sensation going up my spine as we speak. I can't remember the last time I saw a classroom with a chalkboard in it. It's been a minute. Yeah, that's it's, what I'm saying. It's been a minute. It's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, then the couch gag. Yeah. Uh, here we find a four-armed, one-eyed, green octopus alien. Uh, kind of reminds me of Kang and Kodos. Yes, but it's a little different. It's a little yeah. different, right? He doesn't have the the helmet yeah. on or anything like that. It looks more like a... More like an octopus than a squid or yeah, something. Yeah, kind of looks like Mike from Monsters, Inc. Oh. With some extra legs on it. Yeah, yeah. Mike Wazowski. There you go, yeah. And so he's chilling there drinking a beer on the couch. Yep. And... <laughs> As he hears the Simpsons coming down, he pulls a string from off the roof, and there's a little trap door that he makes his escape as the Simpsons family jumps on the couch. And they are none the wiser, apparently. Nope. They don't know that they have this alien living in their house, apparently. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a good little twist on the couch gag. Yes, it was, right? Uh, this I'll give him credit. For this one, they brought out the heavy hitters, right? Mm -hmm. There was a, not just the visual component for the chalkboard gag. Yes. But the audio. audio. Oh, my God. It was annoying. But effective. But very, effective. very well done. Yep. So, we start this episode with Homer and Lisa reading the U.S. of A. today over breakfast, obviously. Not to get sued by USA, USA today, today, yes. Right? Like, I, they, they push the limits, guys. They will push the limits. Anyway, so we hear Homer saying, here's good news. According to this eye-catching article, SAT scores are declining at a slower rate. To which Lisa says, Dad... I think this paper is a flimsy hodgepodge of pie, pie graphs, factoids, and Larry King. Homer has none of this, right? Homer says, hey, this is the only paper in America that's not afraid to tell the truth, that everything is just fine. <laughs> so we have our first little joke there. Um, I like how they threw in Larry King. Yes. Now, that must have been in his heyday then. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, the guy's still hanging on. Yeah, but, that's... He, but he was really big back in the 90s. Yeah. Late 80s or uh, 90s. Yeah, he, he was. his show was pretty big. So. But, now, but now that people watch TV through streaming services, mm -hmm. t TV is kind of dying down. Yeah, I, think. I mean, his show's still there. Is it, I don't know if he still does it anymore. No, he's no. Retired, right? He's retired. He's retired. Yeah, yeah he's, he was there for a long time, man. He was, he was. Shout out to Larry King. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. So... Next thing we see is Bart, and he is kind of uh, finishing up a birthday card, and he's writing it to Milhouse, right? He says, to my bestest bud, Milhouse, happy birthday, Bart. And then Lisa says, Bart, that's so sweet. May I see the card? 
Uh, this is also a visual gag, so yes. I'll tell. I'll exp- I'll have to uh, describe the card as well, yeah, right? So Krusty's on the card, right? Yeah. Yes. We see Krusty on the card. It says, "Hey there, ten-year-old. I couldn't afford to get you a new drum." And then he opens the card, and behind the card is a well-endowed woman. Yes. Who's wearing uh, small clothes. Yes. And the card says, so how about a nice pair of bongos? <laughs> and then Lisa goes, ew. Yeah. So Lisa not too uh, impressed with the uh, humor on the card. Now, that's a that's a pretty crazy card to get a 10-year-old, too. Yes, it is. Especially if Krusty's name's on it. <laughs> yeah, what, what, but you, you forget one thing. Krusty will endorse anything. That's true. That's if you true. pay him enough, he'll endorse anything. He will. Next thing we know, we're on the BART. We're on the Bart. We're on the bus. We're on the bus. And Bart gives Milhouse a wrapped gift and he tells him to open it. He's like, open it, open it, open it. And Milhouse doesn't quite want to do it. Yeah. And I like how the, the it's wrapped very poorly. And I think it's got Christmas wrapping paper on yeah. it too. So just adds, adds to the flavor there. Of course, you know, Bart's going to do everything half-assed. So he did this pretty half-assed job in wrapping this gift. But at least he got him a gift. Yeah, and Milhouse kind of doesn't want to open it. Yeah, he's, he's very hesitant. He's giving him the side eye, right? Yeah. He's the side eye. And Bart says, just because your mom didn't let you have a party doesn't mean you can't get a present. And at this point, Sherry and Terry, who are known to make Bart's life difficult at yep. times pop up from behind uh, the guys in the bus, right? And they both say at the same time, we had a lovely time on Saturday, Millhouse. And then Bart asks, what are you girls talking about? And then they just kind of giggle. They just giggle. (laughs) Go back into their seats. uh (laughs) And Millhouse opens the presents. And the present happens to be official Krusty the Clown walkie-talkies. And Bart says, I'll keep one and you keep one. Now, whenever we want to talk, just call me on the phone and tell me to turn on my walkie-talkie. <laughs> ah, child logic. Yes. Uh, but we still didn't have rechargeable batteries or lithium batteries back then. Mm. So, battery life wasn't what yeah, it, it could what it just is keep now. it on. Yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. And so, after this, we see Martin peek over the seat now, right? Yep. Yes. And <laughs> Martin says, Millhouse, I'd like to express my appreciation for Saturday. Jelly bean basket, personalized noisemakers, but the little touches are what made it enduring. And Bart goes, What's he talking about? And I love Millhouse's uh, reaction here is just, Uh, hey, look at that dog. Isn't that something? He points out the window. And Bart just looks out and says, Wow, brown. Yeah. Yeah, there was nothing remarkable about that dog. No, Bart just missed that one completely. Yep. Next thing we know, the bus is reaching the school. And Otto says, whoa, Springfield Elementary, last stop. And, oh, by the way, I'd like to thank and apologize. Uh, um, I'm sorry, um, applause. <laughs> I'm not apologize. And applause to the birthday boy, Milhouse, for his totally bitchin' party for on Saturday. Oh, and Milhouse, I think I left my pants on your roof. What kind of party was this that... Otto thought it was bitching, and Otto likes to party, and apparently he left his pants. <laughs> now, later on, we'll find out that well, I won't. I won't mess. It. I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't. I won't. I won't mention it right now. But 
<laughs> what kind of mom allows a burnt what? out an adult adult <laughs> to party at a ten year old's? Yeah, to come to a ten year old's party. I don't. I don't get that logic. Anyway, and then you know, as he says, he left his pants on his roof. He says, "Bye, little dudes. Don't learn anything I wouldn't learn." And Otto drives off in a hurry. But Bart has stayed on the bus. Bart just figured out what happened, that he was not invited to this shindig, and he is just completely depressed. He's heartbroken. Yes, he is. You can see the, the sadness in his little face. While all this is happening, we're at the plant, and Burns and Smithers are looking at all of these security monitors as they always do. Right. Burns says, so what did you do this weekend, Smithers? And Smithers says, well, I caught up on my laundry. I wrote a letter, letter to my mother. Oh, and here's a kicker. I took Hercules out to be clipped. And Burns says, who the devil is Hercules? And Smithers goes, oh, here's my Yorkshire Terrier, sir. He's, he's, kind, he's kind of tiny. So, you know, it's a joke. And here's a picture, here's a picture of Hercules. And he has a picture in his wallet, right? Yes. Like, I, you know, love, I love what Burns says to him here. Even Burns is say, you know, noticing how lame he is. He says, ugh, Will Smithers, don't you know how to paint the town red? Yeah, it's like <laughs> a single guy, and this is what you choose to do with your time? Yeah. Anyway, right. So Burns says, I took in a movie, an appalling little piece of filth, and its leading lady who was a blonde harlot who spent half the time strolling around naked as a jaybird. Ben Smithers, <gasps> he gasps, yes. <laughs> Burns says, no, just give me the great unwashed, uh, just, it's, I'm sorry, it says, no, just giving the great unwashed a pair of oversized breasts and a happy ending, and they'll oink for more every time. And so we cut to Homer, who coincidentally is talking about the, the same, same movie. movie. And he's saying, what a movie. And that blonde cutie, does she have assets? And then what do they start doing? They start oinking. Yeah. yeah they start <laughs> oinking like pigs because, because they that's what they are. Men are pigs. Exactly. <laughs> and next thing we know, we're at the safety control room and Homer is uh, sticking his finger in all of the cream-filled donuts. Yes. Because... He is looking for a particular flavor. Yes, he is. And apparently you can't tell any any other way than by sticking your finger in the middle of the donut. So he's keep he's, uh, he's poking it, right? He's like, ugh, lemon. He pokes another one. Ugh, cherry. He pokes another one. Oh, custard. And then he pokes another one. Hmm, purple. Yeah, purple. Apparently purple's a flavor. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, this has to be with blueberry or blackberry. Something like that. Or just, yeah, it has to be. It can't be purple. Anyway. Uh, so, Homer is enjoying his donut. And as he takes a bite, some of that jelly splashes onto his uh, control monitor. And it kind of impedes the view of uh, the stuff that he's supposed to be monitoring. Yeah, the temperature of the nuclear reactor. Yeah. Yeah. So he can't see he can't see it because it's covered in that jelly uh, jelly with that jelly filling, I'm sorry. Yes, and we can see the the little needle creep in from orange to, to red. Yeah, yes. So it's starting to heat up. We even see the little bubbles forming yes, on the jelly, yes, right? Yes, because of the heat. Uh-huh. 
next thing we know, we're back with Otto, right? And he is trying to buy some, what, how did you refer to them? Heat, heat lamp dogs. Heat lamp dogs, right? He wants some heat lamp dogs. Yeah, he tells Apu he's got the munchies and he needs a heat lamp dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> and while Apu is ringing him up, he says, Otto, do you know there's a small child inside your bus? And Otto, he sees Bart, he's like, oh, good thing you warned me. I was on my way to Mexico. Which, again, now we are confused with the geography of Springfield. where Springfield is. <laughs> Apparently, it's in the middle of everywhere, in the middle of nowhere exactly. at the same Apparently time. Apparently, Otto can get to Mexico and come back to work tomorrow. So, <laughs> And uh, does uh, Springfield not have a bus barn? I guess not. <laughs> it's, it's Otto's personal vehicle, apparently. Yeah. Anyway, so next thing we know, we're back with Homer. And he is asleep. Yes. Asleep at at the wheel. (laughs) He is asleep at work. Nobody is surprised by this, I hope. And we see that the jelly that's covering that dial is now kind of like popping. Yeah, it's like boiling. Yeah, it's boiling. It's popping all over the place. It is dangerously hot. And then next thing we know, we hear this female robotic voice saying, warning, problem in sector 7G. Burns wakes up, 7G, good God, who's the safety inspector there? (laughs) Smither goes, Homer Simpson, sir. And of course, Simpson, eh? And then he's asking the question, good man? Intelligent? (laughs) And then Smither's like, "Mm, actually, sir, he was hired under Project Bootstrap. And then we get a dated joke here when Burns says, well, thank you, President Ford. <laughs> Apparently, President Ford was the one that launched Project Bootstrap <laughs> that allowed the plant to hire this dangerously underqualified individual to do this job. But Homer is woken up by the sound of the buzzing. Now. Yes, the alarm that's going off. Uh-huh. And he's like, huh, noise, bad noise. <laughs> and then uh, the female voice comes back on five minutes before critical mass. And then Homer's like, critical what? He's trying to calm himself down. He's like, okay, okay, don't panic. Whoever problem this is, I'm sure they know how to handle it. And then the jelly pops off the thing. Yes. And he says, ah, it's my problem. We're doomed. <laughs> Uh, I guess he knew that he he was yeah, definitely not prepared that, to handle this. That's just a great little scene right there. <laughs> and then, of course, his logic. Okay, somebody else's problem. Of course, right? We'll be okay, right? <laughs> and then the voice comes back on. Sector 7G is now being isolated. Big, heavy blast doors start coming down. And Homer is trapped inside the, inside there with the core about to go critical. At this point... Otto is dropping Bart back off at school. And he says, you know, once my old lady ran off and married my brother. Well, it hurt, but here it is. A month later, and I'm sleeping on the couch. He's very happy about this. Yes, he is. I guess he's just happy to have a couch to sleep on. I guess so. And he's, he's, give him his credit, he's trying to cheer Bart up, but... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't know how, how well that would work. And we see Marge just sitting on the couch and she's knitting while she's watching a soap 
opera with Maggie, and the show is interrupted by a news bulletin. And the announcer says, We interrupt search for the sun for this special news bulletin. Meltdown crisis. The first couple of minutes. And then, of course, we have our old friend and news anchor, Kent Brockman. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I like this scene because they're he's still in makeup, I guess, right? So yeah. they've got the blow dryer and everything going on. And he's just saying, forget the hair. Just give me the blush. <laughs> and then they, he realizes the camera's on. You know, oh, we're on. And then, of course... <laughs> he has to uh, go on without the blush that he wanted, right? Yep. Uh, he said, Kent's like... Uh, we have I'm Monty sorry. Burns I, yeah, on the phone. Yes, this I, is a great... The, yeah, I, I, this is cracking me up, right? Because if you watch <laughs> the thing... Right, you have a picture of of Mr. Burns there, and he's wearing a very bad toupee on the picture. Yes, the colors do not match the hair he has at all. It's, it's yeah, his it's hair is really kind of bluish gray, yeah. and the hair on on his head is bright blue. Yeah, I guess so, he made some kind of demand to the news network that <laughs> don't show me bald. Uh-huh. Oh, so Kent says on the line now. On the line with us now is plant owner C. Montgomery Burns. Mr. Burns? And Burns goes, oh, hello, Kent. As we hear the buzzing in the background going. And he says, right now, skilled nuclear energy technicians are calmly correcting a minor piffling malfunction. And there's like a, they pan out to a bunch of uh, uh, havoc yeah, just going on in the entire the, plant. Yeah, some guys are doing a Kevin. They're breaking the snack machine open and stealing all the snacks. Yep. There's a couple that goes into the closet. Yes, there's a group of people praying. Yeah. Yeah, there's... I mean, oh. it's havoc everywhere. And then he says, But I can assure you and the public that there is absolutely no danger whatsoever. And then we start hearing air raid sirens in the background wail. He says, things couldn't be more shipshape. And then we pan back out and we see Mr. Burns is actually wearing a radiation suit minus the helmet just yet. Yeah, he's on the phone and Smithers is putting him in his suit, getting ready for the inevitable disaster. And, Sm- and Smithers goes, sir, where's my radiation suit? And then Burns says, how the hell should I know? And this is great because it says Smithers on the collar. And Burns just moves his hand. Yeah, he's wearing Smithers' freaking uh, radiation suit. <laughs> anyway. Uh, he's still on the phone with Kent Brockman. Yeah, Kent Brockman says, uh, Mr. Burns, our pe- uh, people are calling this a meltdown. And then Burns goes, oh, meltdown. That's one of those annoying buzzwords we prefer to call an unrequested nuclear, uh, I'm sorry, an unrequested fission surplus. <laughs> and Marge, we cut to Marge here, and now Marge is, you know, hoping that Homer's all right. She's very, very worried. Yeah, and inside the control room, Homer <laughs> is panicking. He's like, gotta think, gotta think. Okay, somewhere in here, there's a thingy that tells you how this thing, how, how this works stuff. Uh, uh, there, the manual, the manual, right. And then he starts looking all around the manual, the, the console for the manual, and he finds it. He says, ah, oh, it's as fat as a phone book. He opens the first page and, and he a, reads. And it's the intro page. <laughs> he starts reading, congratulations on your purchase of a Fizzinator 1952 slow fission reactor. <laughs> Don't get to the point, man. He's so... 
panicked. It's this is a great scene. Oh, he says, "Oh, what's this?" And he unfolds this huge <laughs> schematic of of the of the power of the nuclear reactor. And of course, you know Homer doesn't know what the hell that, that is, so it's completely useless. He's like, "Do who would have thought a nuclear reactor would be so complicated?" <laughs> oh my God! It shows his level of ignorance. And then the voice comes back on the PA system, and it says, "90 seconds to core meltdown." <laughs> and Smithers says, "Sir, there may never be another time to say." I love you, sir. <laughs> and Burns is kind of disgusted. Yeah, it's just, I love his answer. Like, oh, hot dog. Thank you for making the, my last few moments on Earth socially awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and over at Moe's Tavern, Moe says, looks like this is the end. And Barney says, that's all right. I couldn't have led a richer life. Barney's doing exactly what he wants to do in this moment. <laughs> and that is drink beer. Over at the Springfield Retirement Castle, we see Abe, Jasper, and an old woman. I think her name is Hazel, if I'm not mistaken. Her I think name you're is right. Hazel. I think you're right. Right? They're all sitting down and watching TV, and we see Kent. After the meltdown, we can expect roving bands of... And Abe goes, I don't like this program. And Jasper says, change the channel. And the woman gets up and changes the channel to Wheel of Fortune. Yep. Which, of course, people love. Now, I wonder what kind of, I wonder if they're in the same kind of company and all that because they're able to actually use Wheel of Fortune in this case. They don't have to call it something else. That is true. So I wonder if they're part of the same company at the time or maybe it was on the same channel or something. But Yeah, maybe Viacom syndicated it or something. Maybe, right? Yeah, so I did notice that. (laughs) They didn't change it whatsoever. It was still Wheel of Fortune. Anyway. We go back to the Springfield nuclear power plant and Homer is complaining that he doesn't understand anything. He's like, when they think, when they look up stupid in the dictionary, there'll be a picture of me. And then he dreams of that, right? Yes. We see a dictionary page and then we see the word stupid. stupid. We see the definition of the word stupid. And the third definition is Homer Homer. Simpson. (laughs) And then we see a picture in black and white of Homer Simpson right in, right beside it. Yep. And this, of course, gets us to the point of, well, the title of this episode, which is Homer Defined. Homer Defined. Right. There we go. (laughs) It's kind of like a double entendre, too, because uh, he has some uh, defining moments in here, too. Exactly. Yes. That's that's very true. Uh Anyway. So Marge, next thing we know, we, we cut to Marge and she's praying. She's like, dear Lord, if you spare this town from becoming a smoking hole in the ground, I'll try to be a better Christian. I don't know what I can do. Oh, the next time there's a canned food drive, I'll give the poor something they'd actually like instead of old lima beans and pumpkin mix. Oh. <laughs> uh, Next thing we know, Homer is realizing that it's all up to him. And he tries to think back on his training. Yes. And we see Homer like, okay, think back on your training. Think back on your training. And he has this flashback. And, and the, the tra- and so we cut to uh, Homer. We see Homer. And, and the he trainer, has hair. And he has hair. Yes, he has hair. He has a full head of hair. And there's a trainer there. We don't see the trainer, but he's telling him, now Homer... This may very well save your life one day. This, and he says, Homer, he's trying to get his attention because 
He's Homer playing a Rubik's Cube. playing with a Rubik's Cube. And Homer goes, yep. And he says, please pay attention. This button here controls the emergency override circuit. In the event of a meltdown, push this button and only this button. And as he as he uh, says that, Homer's still messing with the cube. And he, he says, ooh, a sign. And he goes, Simpson. What? You see which button I'm pushing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Push the button. Got it. <laughs> And which, and then he comes out of his flashback, and he has his Rubik's cube, and he says, "This is all your fault," and throws his Rubik's cube. Of course, Homer, being unable to take responsibility for his own actions, right? Mm-hmm. So he realizes that there he has no other option, and he begins pota- playing one potato, two potato. Then he changes it to bubble gum, bubble gum. Then. The voice comes back on. Still really pleasant. 30 seconds to core meltdown. And Burns goes, oh, (laughs) Smithers. Uh, Burns goes, oh, Smithers, I guess there's nothing left but to kiss my sorry ass goodbye. And then Smithers jumps in and says, may I, sir? (laughs) (laughs) And Burns just cringes like, ugh. Yeah, very, very awkward. (laughs) <laughs> um, this is the, I guess the first really outright clue that yeah yeah um, and I guess it does make sense right he thinks he's about to die so I guess there's no you point you gotta shoot your shot he's doing it right he, now he's right? shooting his shot right <laughs> and on TV we see a professor Our, uh, John Frink right yes yes I always forget his name the, <laughs> Professor, yeah. Frank. Professor Frank he says these unfortunate people here will instantly be killed the circle, which uh, I am sad to say we are in, will experience a slower, considerably more painful death. And you see the panic on Kent Brockman. Good Lord! <laughs> yep. Back at school, Lisa's classes huddle under their desks, and we see Skinner on over the PA and say, They called me old-fashioned for teaching the duck-and-cover method, but who's laughing now? <laughs> Yes, yeah, once upon a time, you were made to duck and cover. You had drills because yeah. if there was ever a nuclear explosion... You had to be ready. Yeah. Um, by the way, guys, that really won't save you. I love showing my students those videos, though, from the 50s and stuff mm-hmm. about that. They're just, they, you can see it in their faces. They're just like, really? Yeah. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was at a basic training... Um, you know, we have the MBC suits, right? The nuclear, biological, you know, all those suits. And um, he says, well, if actually, if you're, the bomb is going to go off really close to you, uh, this is what, what we want you to do, right? We want you to get on the floor, uh, curl up into the fetal position, and uh, I forget what else, uh, what other things they, they had us do. And somebody asked, uh, will this really help? And they go, uh, no, it won't help, but at least you'll all die uniformly. Yeah. Which is a big part of the army, right? Yes. Everything has to be uniform. Yeah. And I always get, I, I teach about this stuff, of course. And, you know, I always get that question. So what if it were to happen? And I tell them the truth. Look, if that were ever to happen, especially close by, I'm going to go outside and watch the show at least. Because <laughs> there's nothing we can do. No. <laughs> right. I'd rather... Go quickly, then suffer slowly from radiation poisoning, yeah, right? exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, that's just me. 
So back to Springfield. Right. Uh, and the and computer comes back, right? And the computer says, of course, in their cheery voice, 15 seconds to core meltdown. And Homer settles on eeny, meeny, miny, mo yes. to decide which button to push. And he <laughs> covers his eyes and he pushes a button. And, and the voice comes back and says, all systems returning to normal. Danger in 7G neutralized. Have a nice day. It's been a pleasure serving you. <laughs> <laughs> and Homer sees himself in the dictionary under Lucky. Right? Same thing, yeah, same right? Same scene, same, yeah. The, the definition and everything. And then the third one is Homer. And off the side, we see a picture of Homer Simpson. And all of the workers of Spring the Springfield Nuclear Power Plant are... Um, celebrating their life, I guess. Yes, yeah, celebrating their life. Yeah, the, the couple that comes out of the closet. And oh, the, man. This guy's cold-blooded, man. Yeah. The, the, the girl asks, will I ever see you again? And he says, sure, baby. Next <laughs> meltdown. He's like laughing as he puts the towel. Like, man, what um, a scumbag. Man. Yes, he is. Oh, my God. Uh, so... And the old people are still watching Wheel of Fortune. They never knew. Awesome. They had no idea. No idea what was going on. No idea they were close to death. But I guess when you're that old, you're close to death anyway. You're on borrowed time by that point. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) We hear the 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 TV going. I'd like to solve the puzzle. Three lions in the fountain, and the and of course that (laughs) the wrong (laughs) answer. No, that's not right. And we see Marge watching the news report. And Mr. Burns, we only see the voice, but again, the the, the, the picture, bad the, toupee. The bad picture there, right? He says, yes, we've isolated the problem. Wouldn't you know a false alarm? And Marge goes, phew. Burns goes, it seems a single wayward crow f- flew into our warning system. And Ken goes, very good. Well, sir, your point about nuclear hysteria is well taken. This reporter promises to be trusting and less vigilant in the future. <laughs> And yes, in the office, Burns is still wearing his radiation suit. And he goes, excellent. Well, ta. (laughs) And he takes off. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And Burns He needs a drink now. He needs a drink. Burns asks Smithers to bring him a wine spritzer. And he says he's going to award Homer the Employee of the Month award. And when he says this, Smithers drops the bottle of wine. Yes, apparently Smithers has become quite accustomed to, to being, being employee, employee of the month. month. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess he's taken this award for granted. And uh, we will come back after a short break, guys. And we're back. Uh, meanwhile, we're at the school and Bart is doing the old... Uh, Gag. I I really don't like this gag, by the way. He, it is a cruel gag. It is extreme. Oh my god, I just don't like it at all. I have he, done it to a few people. He unscrews the salt shaker completely, and he hands it to, to Millhouse. Uh, for him, you know, they're they're eating chicken. Yes, and apparently you need a little bit of salt, right? And he, uh, Millhouse pours all of the salt yes. all over Top his piece off. of chicken, right? And then he says. Now we're even for you not inviting me to your birthday party. So Bart's ready to move on. Yeah, I guess. he's he trying to make up. Back, yeah, he's trying know. to he's trying to make things better. He's he really wants to be with his, hang out with his best friend again. Yes, but he wanted to make things equal, mm-hmm. so he needed to get him right. So yeah. he played this prank on him. 
and funny thing about this though, this is a dated joke. How so? They actually allowed kids to have salt at oh. lunch. Oh yeah. <laughs> Think about that. This is a dated joke. <laughs> hey, we were having salt back when I was at lunch. Were they had? Did they have salt for you guys? No. Well, no. I don't think they did. I don't re- really remember. Maybe they did, but I know for sure now there's no salt. <laughs> yeah, we, the, we didn't get the, the salt shakers, but we got the little packets of yeah. salt or pepper if you wanted it. Sure, it's one of those things. It's you know too unhealthy. They won't give it to the kids. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so Bar- Millhouse finally says, Bart. My mom won't let me be your friend anymore. That's why you couldn't come to my party. Bart is shocked here. He's like, what's she got against me? <laughs> she says, you're a bad influence. And Bart slams hard on the table. Bad influence, my ass. <laughs> How many times have I told you, never listen to your mother? <laughs> Proving, Proving that he is a bad influence. <laughs> Great line. <laughs> uh-huh. And then um, he says... My mom threatened to cut my allowance, and then Bart offers to double it, which is hard to imagine. How the hell is he going to double the the allowance? I'm sure his maniacal self will find a way, yeah. but, but uh, Millhouse can't do it. Yeah, he just, he, yeah. he just can't do it. And then we go back to the uh, power plant, right? And Smithers is trying to convince Burns that he deserves to be the employee of the month. And... Burn says his mind is made up. He just brushes brushes him off. Like yeah, he's that. like, yeah, yeah. He's like, take your loss, right? Be a man. Homer Simpson's going to be the employee of the month. And you get to the cafeteria, and people are cheering. We hear Carl say, hey, way to save our lives. And Lenny says, yeah, we owe you one. And then Homer, of course, is embellishing now and says, yeah, you know, boys, a nuclear reactor is a lot like a woman. You just have to read the manual and press the right buttons. <laughs> um, I missed the manual. Yeah, there is no manual for no a woman. Thing. There is no such thing. I, I tell my two boys that they shouldn't try to understand women. Mm-hmm. I tell, and they ask why. I'm like, well, women understand women and they hate each other. Ah. So you don't want to hate them. Don't try to understand them. Not to mention that every manual would be a specific personalized manual. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're, we're talking a minefield. Think of the think of all the paper. <laughs> yeah, we. I think a deforestation would be a problem. <laughs> and we go back to the uh, to Burns. Right, uh, he's coming down to join the masses. Yes, in the cafeteria, he says, "Come with me." And everybody in the uh, audience, because yeah, now we're. Panning out to the employee of the month award, and right? Everybody's just chanting, Homer, Homer. <laughs> and we see Homer receiving a ham, a plaque, and a discount coupon book from a very, very voluptuous, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very voluptuous blonde. And Burns gives him his personal thumbs up, which takes quite a bit of effort from. Mr. Burns, right, to get his old he, finger moving. <laughs> this is one of the gags that they always have about Mr. Burns. He's so feeble. He's falling apart, he's basically. Falling, yeah. He's like, he he struggles to get his thumb up. Yeah. Right? He's, he, it almost breaks, right? It's, yeah. He's that feeble. And then they're going to add Homer's picture to the Wall of Fame. And, and you know, when, they open, when they open up the curtains to the Wall of Fame, what do we see? It's all Smithers. It's all Smithers. Smithers has been Employee of the Month every single month 
that the power plant, plant yeah. has been in operation. And would you know it, Homer's movie. picture, he has hair, which means they haven't updated this in a while. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, that is a very. <laughs> he good has point. hair in that one. Uh-huh. And Burns goes, "Oh, and what's this? A congratulatory phone call from Irving Magic Johnson." And when Homer goes, Magic Johnson, he yes. grabs the phone and goes, yellow. Yep. And then we cut to Magic Johnson. And he's on the phone in the arena on the court. And he says, is this really Homer Simpson? Yeah. Wow, Homer. I just used our last time out to call and congratulate you on averting that nuclear holocaust. <laughs> that is... That would be a very cool thing to happen. Yeah. Magic he, Johnson rules. Yeah. He... he Back in the day, he was oh. unstoppable. Oh, my God. Battles, man. Battles with Bird. Battles with Jordan. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. He was just a warrior. A true True warrior. legend. True uh-huh. legend. And then Homer is asking, what if people think a guy is a hero, but he's really just lucky? And Magic Johnson tells him, don't worry. Sooner or later, people like that are exposed as the frauds they are. <laughs> And Homer kind of swallows hard, right? Yeah, and then he says, I think he says, like, thanks, Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, he, he didn't like that answer at all. Uh, and we have the kids watching the itchy and scratchy cartoon, but only Lisa is laughing. Yes. And uh, she turns around to Bart and says, Bart, you're not laughing. Too subtle? <laughs> Because uh, he, I guess he didn't get the joke or something. No, he, I think he's still he's really he's sad really about, sad about Milhouse. Right? Yeah, but Lisa is thinking he didn't get the joke or something. Yeah, yeah, right? he didn't get the joke. Either. But he, he just he's there just, is no joy in his life yeah. after losing his best friend. Yes, he's so bummed about not being able to be friends with Milhouse now. Mm-hmm. And next thing we know, Homer comes home, and he tries and fails to hide the ham. And the plaque for Marge. And Marge reads the plaque. For heroic competence for narrowly uh, averting a nuclear meltdown and proving without question that nuclear power (laughs) is completely safe. Employee of the month. And then we cut again to a dictionary scene. And now the word is... Fraud. Yes, fraud. (laughs) And of course, we see the definition of fraud and Homer's picture Right next to it. Yes. And Lisa is very impressed by this. Yeah, she says, a role model in my very own home. How convenient. <laughs> and, you know, Homer's getting annoyed because she's looking at him with such admiration. Yes. And he feels like a complete fraud, right? Yeah. And Homer says, look, I get enough admiration and respect at work. I don't need it right here at work. <laughs> I'm sorry, I need it at home, right? <laughs> That's a very, very... I, that was, by the way, my favorite line. Yeah. I get enough respect and admiration at, at work. I don't need it at home. <laughs> what the hell? You think you would want it at home yeah. and not care about it at work. But there you go. Homer's logic is <laughs> very questionable. Very questionable. <laughs> Marge says, are you, how are you enjoying your ham, homie? And then Homer says, tastes so bitter. It's like ashes in my mouth. And then Marge goes, it's actually more of a honey glazed. And then Lisa says, maybe if you ate a clove, right? They don't know why Homer... is not enjoying... Yeah, he's not enjoying... Of all people, Homer Uh, Simpson is not enjoying his honey glazed ham. 
And if you know anything about Homer, Homer loves his pork. Yes, he does. But he's not enjoying his ham right now. And Bart is there sulking at the table as well. So Homer says, what's your problem, boy? And Bart says, I had a fight with Milhouse. That four-eyed, uh, that four-eyes with a big nose, you don't need friends like that. <laughs> and Lisa says, how zen. <laughs> <laughs> and later that evening, Homer is watching bowling on TV while he's munching on his snacks. And Lisa is lying flat on her stomach with her feet up in the air. And she is staring at Homer. Yeah, at Homer. she's just... Looking in at awe. Homer, yes, with stars in her eyes, you know. Yep, in awe. And then Homer goes, "What? what is this? What are you doing? And Lisa tells him, looking at you with quiet awe. <laughs> and Homer goes, well, as long as it's quiet. Yes. And we pan to Bart, and he's looking through a photo album of pictures of him and, Mil- and, his, him and Milhouse and the walkie-talkie kind of crackles. Yes. He says, Millhouse to Bart, Millhouse to Bart, please don't hate me. Please. And Bart throws his walkie-talkie in the trash. And I think the pictures that he looks at here are pretty funny because we see a whole sequence of it's them hanging out and then there's a picture, I guess Bart's putting on a magic show where he's going to saw Millhouse in half. <laughs> Next thing we know, we see him at the hospital getting at the stitches. Ho- yes. <laughs> we see their best friends at the hospital yeah. where he actually did cut Millhouse. Great picture. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is why you shouldn't leave your kids unsupervised, guys. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so. Then we cut to the next morning, and Homer is going to work. And, and he has the employee of the month parking spot. Yes. Which happens to be right at the front door, right next to Mr. Burns. Yes, and I'm guessing it's the Springfield uh, Simpsons version of a Rolls Royce. Yes, yeah. yes it is. <laughs> and uh, by the way. Isn't that the parking spot that Smithers always enjoyed? Yes, exactly. So even more hate and envy coming his way, right? Salt in the wound. Mm -hmm. So uh, when Homer parks, he (laughs) opens a car door and he kind of like smashes it into Burns' car and he scratches the paint job and he says, Ah, he'll never know who did it. (laughs) And And we cut to Smithers and Smithers now has to... Find a normal person's parking spot. And it takes him forever. And it's at the very end of the parking lot. It's very far from the plant. (laughs) Yep. And then Burns, uh, when Simpson walks in, he says, Ah, Simpson, here's someone I want you to meet. Aristotle Arnodopoulos, (laughs) owner of the Shelbyville uh, nuclear power facility. It seems Ari's been having terrible worker problems at Shelbyville. And Ari goes, They've lost their zest for Verk! You must help them find their inner Haratu Natu Daro Leti. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was talking about in that one. And then Homer goes, Their inner Ini Aratu Zula what? And the guy goes, Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and something about this Ari guy, he kind of looks like mobby in a way he's got a bunch of rings on he's wearing yeah. what sunglasses inside <laughs> he's got a kent brockman vibe to him kind too. of yeah so it's like a wild party kent brockman yeah like with bling everywhere <clears throat> so anyway he says uh he says to burn he says to homer right we uh burns this is 
we want you to give them a pep talk that turns them into a bunch of donut from a bunch of donut eating goof offs into a pack of Homer Simpsons, which is Homer every other day of his life. Yes, yeah. Homer every other day of his life is a donut eating goof off. Now Homer's trying to get out of this, but then Burns tells him that, hey, your employee of the month, this is one of your responsibilities. And Smithers finally gets there. He's kind of breathless and he complains about the parking and both Burns and Ari gasp. <laughs> right? Because yeah. he is trash talking his work. Yes. And Burns sells, sends Smithers away. And there he says, that one there's always been a problem. <laughs> he's just completely turned on Smithers. Now. Yeah, he's throwing Smithers under the bus. Yep. Back at the Simpson house, Bart is playing Monopoly with Maggie. And he lands on community chest. And he starts to cheat the only way Bart can, right? He starts to flip all the way through the, the cards until he finds one that he likes. It's the one where you win a second place in the beauty pageant. <laughs> yeah. He he won. He says that you owe me 10 bucks or something, right? Yeah. And Maggie removes her pacifier and coughs up a hotel. <laughs> to which Marge says, Bart, don't feed your sister hotels. And then Bart says... Don't worry, Mom. There's a ton of these things. And he shows her the box. Uh-huh. And so Marge asks him at this point, why don't you go play with Millhouse? <laughs> and Bart says, I don't want to go play with Millhouse. And Marge is kind of shocked here. She's like, you mean you still haven't made up with him? It's his mom. She says, I'm a bad influence. And he takes Mar- Maggie's hand. He says, come on, Maggie. Let's go throw rocks at the hornet's nest. Marge has her. <laughs> yep. Next thing we know, Marge is playing uh, a visit to, a visit, yeah, to, to Mrs. Mil- Van Houten. Right, Milhouse's mom, Mrs. Van Houten. And Marge goes, Mrs. Van Houten, I'm Bart's mother. We met at the emergency room after the boys drank paint. <laughs> and she says, yes, I remember. <laughs> and then she invites Marge inside for some tea. And Marge says, I know Bart can be a handful. I also know what it, what he's like inside. He's got a spark. It's not a bad thing. Of course, it makes him do bad things. <laughs> to and, which... To which Milhouse mom says, Well, Marge, the other day, Milhouse told me my meatloaf sucks. He must have gotten that from your little boy because they certainly don't say that on TV. <laughs> of course, we know that's a lie. Yeah, we just saw it in the episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Marge pleads with her to let them be friends. And... Uh, she, looks, mom. Yeah, she looks outside and Milhouse is sitting on the seesaw, right, on the teeter-totter by himself. And he looks totally depressed. Yeah, he's got his head down. He's slumped over. He's uh, just, yeah. He's just pushing his feet up and then he crashes back down. He does this over and over again. And, and she says that she'll think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing we know, we're at most Tavern. And Lisa is tagging along with Homer with a pencil and a pad at the ready. And then Barney says, So next time somebody tells you carny folk are good, honest people, you can spit in their faces for me. And then Lisa says, I will, Mr. Gumble, but if you'll excuse me, I'm profiling my dad for the school paper. I thought it would be, a, I thought it would be neat to follow him around for a day and see what makes him tick. And I like Barney's answer. He's like, oh, that's sweet. I used to follow my dad to a lot of bars, too. 
And then Mo goes, here you go. One beer, and he puts it in front of Lisa, and one chocolate milk, and he puts it in front of Le- uh, in front of Homer. And then Lisa goes, uh, excuse me, I had the chocolate milk. <laughs> and Mo's like, oh, he flips him back. <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking. And he asks Homer, what's the matter, Homer? The depressing effects of alcohol usually don't kick in till closing time. <laughs> and Lisa lets Mo know he's just a little nervous. He has to give a speech tomorrow on how to keep cool in a crisis. And this is when Homer starts to shake Lisa in a panic. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And Barney says, I had to give a speech once. I was was pretty nervous, so I used a little trick. I pictured everyone in their underwear. The judge, the jury, my lawyer, everybody. And Homer goes, did it work? And Bart goes, I'm a free man, ain't I? So I guess so. So apparently Barney was in court. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, Bart is playing chess with Maggie, who is sucking on the White King as the walkie-talkie crackles to life. It's Milhouse. says, Milhouse to Bart, do you want to come over and play? And Bart grabs a walkie-talkie. Really? We can be friends? Did your mom die? <laughs> and he goes, um, I don't think so. And, and Bart, Bart goes, yeah, well, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> and what does he do? He tells Marge first that, like, he's friends with Millhouse again. And Marge is, of course, happy. And we get one of our more tender moments in the Simpsons series here, right? Bart actually looks at Marge and thanks he her. Thanks her for it. He's like... How did he, uh, Marge's like, how did he know it was him? He's like, who else, who else would have put up, who else would have stuck up for me, right? Yeah, exactly. I know it's you. And Bart's, uh, Marge says, be good as Bart is leaving. And he says, I will. And then he reaches under his bed and he pulls what up? His dead eye BB gun. And he pumps it a few times to make sure it's ready to go. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good scene because, you know, we, we've talked about it before, but. Of course, the relationship between Bart and Marge. You know, Marge always tries to see... Yeah, the good in Bart. The good in Bart. And Bart notices it more often than not. Yeah. He knows he can go to Marge. <laughs> so, very tender scene. Yep, that that was a very genuine hug that he gave her. Yeah. So, we're at the Shelbyville plant now, and Homer is being introduced to the audience. And our Aristotle Arnodopoulos uh, is introducing him. He says, as I look into the sea of smiling faces, I am filled with a sense of loathing and revulsion. You are not workers. You are a pack of mangy, cud-chewing, ugly goats. <laughs> right. And then he calls out Homer. And then he's kind of nervous at first. And his voice is cracking, right? Yeah. And then he remembers uh, Barney's suggestion. Yes, picture everybody in their underwear. Uh-huh. So he starts thinking about it. <laughs> and he pictures everybody in their underwear, including himself. And he panics. And he goes, ah! And he jumps behind the lectern. And he starts to give his speech. He's like, grace under pressure is no... And we hear the sirens again now at the Shelbyville plant with our familiar voice. Three minutes to meltdown. And Homer goes, whew, saved by the bell. <laughs> right, because he'd rather be blown to bits than give this speech. Yep. 
And so, naturally, now that Homer has saved everybody in the situation before... They think he's the go-to yes, man. Yes, everybody turns to Homer to I, save them. All right, and they take him to the problem area in the plant. And they're telling him to work his magic. And we hear the voice again. What is it? 15 seconds to core meltdown. And then, Homer, and then Ari says, just do what you did before. And Homer does eeny, meeny, miny, mo, And he pushes the button. And everybody in the room is like freaking out. But then we hear the voice come back on. What is it? Crisis has been averted. <laughs> Everything yep. is super. Yep. <laughs> and then Ari is very mad. He's like, do you even know what button you pushed? Yep. And Homer goes, sure, Mo. <laughs> so then we cut to Kent Brockman, who's doing a new story on this. Yes. And he says, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Is Homer a hero? The answer is no. I'm Kent Brockman, and that was my two cents. <laughs> and next thing we know... I like the next story that they talk about. Right, they introduce Scott Christian... Uh, who is talking about a laugh and a half. And he says, the first item is how Chief Wiggum foiled a holdup without even knowing because he was counting his penny jar at the bank. The thief kind of tripped over. Yep. And the penny jar... Whacked him in the head. <laughs> uh, knocked, it, knocked him out. And Scott concludes, yes, it seems the Chief pulled a Homer Simpson of his, of his own. And Barney, next thing we know, we're at, yep. we're at the bar, right? Barney falls off of his stool, but he finds a pretzel on the floor. And he says, wow, looks like I pulled a homer. And he puts <laughs> that dirty pretzel in his mouth Ugh. and he eats it. Ah. Next thing we know, we're at a Lakers basketball game. And Magic Johnson has the ball. And he's dribbling full force up the court, but he slips. The ball flies off of his hands, hits the ref in the head, and goes into the basket as he slides into the Laker girls. Yes. And he says, Wow, looks like I pulled a homer. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Lisa is now reading the dictionary, and Homer reads... Uh, to succeed despite idiocy. And then Lisa says, our dad now belongs to the ages because <laughs> Homer means to succeed despite idiocy. Yep. It is a new word in the dictionary. Yep. By the way, the Simpsons did force them to add some words to the Oxford English Dictionary. Doe, is now in the dictionary. Embiggen is now in the dictionary. <laughs> I think cromulent is even in the dictionary. Wow, I did not know that. Right. So the just to show you the far-reaching uh, cultural impact that the Simpsons have had, they've even changed the English language, guys. So just to go over it, we had Homer defined as stupid, stupid. lucky, a fraud, and then finally Homer becomes a an, word in himself. An American bonehead. Yes. Is what the <laughs> an definition American bonehead, is. yes. An American bonehead. Uh, so, uh, what are your big takeaways from this episode, El Rey? Uh, great, uh, great episode. You know, 
this is one of those that if it's on, you can pop this one on. It works. It's got all the classic jokes in it. Yeah. Um, the flashbacks are great. Seeing Homer <laughs> training at the plant. With hair. Yeah, with hair. I, I've always liked that scene where he's like, ooh, a side. He's just not paying attention. <laughs> Even though he's being told what button to push to avoid a crisis that you could save his life. Absolutely must save your life, yeah. <laughs> he didn't seem to be too interested in that, right? Yeah. There's a lot going on in this episode. Bart, Bart's whole drama with Millhouse. And it's... Yeah, I was... Uh surprised that the first thing that he did was reach for that BB gun after Milhouse said that his mom felt that he was a bad influence. That he didn't even take the time to think about that. But then again, he's 10 years old. Yeah. And at 10 years old, you tend to be very careless. And I would think that Bart kind of has that attitude of like, oh, so she thinks I'm a bad influence, huh? Let me show her how bad of an influence I can be. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. He does. Maybe that's that spark that uh, Marge was talking about. It's not bad. It just makes him do bad things. Exactly. It's just some misplaced uh, motivation or something like yep. that. Yep. So, on a scale of one to five dope nuts, uh, how many dope nuts would you give this? This is a solid five donuts for me. Five you know, The chalkboard gag is even, you know funnier with the audio in it uh-huh. you know we had that alien on the couch that was just out of nowhere yep. and then we saw a lot of stuff in here we saw the uh of course our classic jokes but then we see smithers admitting a lot of things when death is near <laughs> the maid uh burns very uncomfortable yes made him very uncomfortable and then of course the whole drama between bart and millhouse you know there's a lot and that couple in the closet <laughs> there's just Good little scenes all over this one. Yes. Uh, I would agree with you. This is a solid five donuts for me. Um, my favorite part is, besides the one I told you, right? My, the, my favorite uh, elements of this was every time they would def- uh, use Homer to define something, yeah. right? Like stupid. Uh, or being lucky or a fraud, everything meant Homer. Until it got to the correct definition, which is an American bonehead. Yes. Right. Who dis- who succeeds despite, despite his idiocy, yeah. right? <laughs> so, uh, I personally love this episode. I don't know if it's in my top 10 episodes, but it is... Up there in my top 20 for sure. It's solid. Totally solid. All right, guys. Uh, Is there anything you'd like to uh, say to our audience before we leave? Just uh, keep being safe, everybody. All right. Wash your hands. Stay away from strangers. Yeah. Stranger danger, guys. And until next week, au revoir, suckers.